What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Eagles fans, welcome to a special edition of the Pinely Hockey Post Game Show. I'm your guy, Tony Shows the Second. I'm joined with our Eagles insider, John McMullen, coming at you guys live from what is it, FedEx Field, right? You know, we know the Washington Commanders kind of playing like a dumpster fire. We totally understand that, but they did it. They, I hope the accommodations weren't too bad for our guy, John McMullen. The Philadelphia Eagles beat the Commanders in a shootout, man, 38-31 to improve to seven and one. Wow, man, it was um, it was a hell of a game. Super entertaining, had me on the edge of my seat in the first half. They almost had us. But in that second half, man, the Philadelphia Eagles came back to play, putting up 28 points, man, and uh, holding the commanders to 14 points, seven points if you want to be technical because the last one was kind of a garbage TD. But, John, let's get into it, man. Um, talk about your observations. What you know? What are the vibes right now? What are some of the things that you notice in this game? Uh, game uh, I say this all the time, Tone. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm getting all choked up already. Games have personalities. <laughs> Yes. Uh, and this one ha- had a personality. I think Sam Howe started 20 of 21. So I think uh, Eric Bieniemy came in with a great game plan. He knew and he understood 
and we talked about this all week, Sam Howell was going to have to get the ball out quickly against this Philadelphia Eagles defense and pass rush, and they were just getting out bubble screen after. But it's the first bubble screen only game plan early in the game, and it, they were having success with it. And Sam finished up 39 of 52 for 397, four touchdowns. Um, he played a great game, had a great game plan. But, you know, the Eagles do what they do. They wear teams down and they out-talent teams and they win in the end. And that's sort of what happened today. It was ugly. But when Reed Blankenship, who, who you know, came back from the rib injury, did not play well, he and Sidney Brown were talking about sort of the next play mentality. You have to have a short memory as a defensive back. You can't say, woe is me. You got to go out there and try to make a play. Reed made a play. And all of a sudden, the game tilts towards the Eagles. And that was pretty much it, as you said. There was some garbage time shenanigans. They had to wait for the last final onside kick. But that was pretty much the tilting point of the game. And it was it was a shootout, you know. For all the people who think they can explain this league, explain how you can shut down the Miami Dolphins one week and let the Washington Commanders go up and down the field. It's a crazy league, but that's where I go. I go Jim Swartz, games have personalities. This game had a personality, and the Eagles were able to play it and win the shootout. Yeah, man, the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, um, let's be honest, like you said, this thing was ugly. Uh, They had two crucial turnovers on the goal line, one by way of Kenny Gainwell, uh, the other by way of Jalen Hurts. Another game where they've lost a turnover battle. And I got to admit, I've been concerned and I still am concerned because you turn the ball over two times in the, you know, at the goal line and you give the other team multiple opportunities. <laughs> it's going to come back to bite you, especially when you're going up against a team like the Dallas Cowboys next week, um, Buffalo Bills, Chiefs, so on and so forth. But, you know, there were still some positive things to pull from this game. I mean, Jalen Hurts, let's, you know, let's really talk about it. Jalen Hurts, 29 for 38, completed, I believe, 76% of his passes. Uh, four passing touchdowns, averaged just over eight yards in the attempt, 135.7 passer rating. We know it, it. We know it was the AJ Brown show once again. And Devontae Smith uh, finally had his uh, the closest thing we can call a breakout performance of the season. You know, just talk about um, you know your observations from Jalen Hurts and uh, AJ Brown. You know, just that offense as far as from a passing perspective. Yeah, well, if you look at A.J. and Devontae specifically, I mean, he threw the football to those two guys 15 times, and every time he threw it to him, he came up with a reception. So um, A.J. Like had eight odds. targets. Yeah, Devontae had seven targets, 15 total. Um, again, A.J. sets the record, goes over 125 for the sixth consecutive game. They've been playing NFL football for a long time. Nobody's ever done that before, so that's – even in this sort of pass-happy era, that's pretty impressive. Two more touchdowns. Devontae had a touchdown, as you mentioned. Julio Jones had a touchdown. Right, um, yeah. Who would have thought? <laughs> so, um, evidently, the Eagles and Jalen Hurts and Julio were working on that play all week in practice, and it it, it came up. Julio made a great catch. It was a little bit behind him. Uh, took him a bit of a bit of a hit, but... Yeah, I mean, the passing game was spectacular, and it needed to be because, you know, conversely, as we mentioned, um, it wasn't as much down the field. It was all underneath, but the back seven on defense did not play well. Um, a lot of moving parts. Cindy Brown 
most of the work in the slot, but they also use Eli Ricks on some obvious passing downs. Um, Kevin Byard starts his first game. Reed Blankenship's back after missing a game. So a lot of moving parts. They didn't play well, but came up with a big play. Reed came up with a big play when he needed to. So sometimes that's how you got to do it. Um, 24 out of 26 were at Tone um, starts. Um, with Jalen Hurts, the Eagles have won 24 of 26. Um, they just find ways to win. And when they don't, the two times they didn't win, Washington and Lincoln Financial Field last season, they had four turnovers. They were minus three on the turnover ratio. And against the New York Jets this year, they were minus four, four turnovers. So the only time they don't win is when they beat themselves. Um, and it's, it's, it's a good team, but this was not their best performance. But in a lot of ways, that's what marks a good team. You win when you don't have your best stuff, so to speak. And that's what the Eagles did. Yeah, speaking of not having their best stuff, um, Jalen Hurts' knee continues to be a topic of conversation. Um, at least, you know, for myself, I noticed that he definitely uh, was limping a little bit throughout that game. Didn't really seem to have the burst. Um, he, he, I believe he only ran the ball uh, four times. So you can tell he was really intentional about winning this game from the pocket. You know, what does that say about Jalen Hurts and where he is in his career? You know, he gets a lot of flack, in my opinion, for being the, th- uh, for being the dual threat guy. And um, for, you know, being able to win the game in, multi- in a multitude of ways, you know, with his legs, so on and so forth. I personally don't think his passing game gets enough respect. But, you know, just, you know, speak on that injury and just how he was able to battle through that. Well, he's he's done talking about it. He said that after the game. So everybody can keep talking about it, but he's not going to keep talking about it. He's got a bone bruise. He's playing with a sleeve, sort of a sleeve brace uh, on it. Um, Yeah, and he's a little bit limited running the football right now. But, yeah, that's the mark of a, a really difficult quarterback to deal with when you can beat teams in multiple ways. And that's what Jalen Hurts has proven he's been able to do. He wins the shootout today, whether you go back to week two against Minnesota, whether running the football down um, the opposition's throats. You know, those are the two extremes. They prove they could win one way. They prove they can win another way tonight. Uh, And they've been doing that for two plus seasons, essentially. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, this running game, another week where it seems like they, they're struggling to get it going. It seems like the running game really hasn't been the same since Camp since Cam Jurgens left and then Sue Alpeta goes down with the injury. You know, you know, speak on, you know, the, you know, this running game, man. You know, they're gonna need it in the long run, but right now they seem to be getting by um pretty well without it. Speak on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I I had a long discussion on the pregame show with Seth about that. Yeah, I, I mean, I get to disagree with people and their mentality. I mean, whether you want to call it old school, did you really want them to run the football in this game when they got down 14-3? to three? Because if you did, they're probably going to lose the game, um, you know, and, and especially if Washington keeps – again, we told you the numbers, 39-52, 397. Washington was throwing it all over the lot. I, I've never seen Jahan Dotson play better. Uh, Jamison Crowder came back from nowhere. Uh, Logan Thomas, they couldn't deal with. 
Terry McLaurin was actually hurt them. He, he had back-to-back drops on uh, a key drive, and he typically kills the Eagles. He had the touchdown interception early. Um, Curtis Samuel was doing his thing until he got hurt and was forced to leave. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't I don't understand what people are looking at. If they're saying run the ball down 14-3, to you're going to lose this football game. And again, Jalen Hurts, you just mentioned the numbers, four touchdowns, no interceptions, 319 yards. They came has into he, this game. Has he played a better game than this? I mean, I, I don't recall recall Jalen Hurts playing a game this. I mean, I saw the Super Bowl, but four touchdowns, just just completely killing you in the air. That that was a that was a sight to behold. He he started in week two last season against Minnesota when it was a completely different Minnesota team with Ed Donatel, who plays the big banjo system. They came in saying, all right, we're going to stop the run and we're going to force this guy to to throw the ball to beat us. And he killed him, killed him throwing football. Um, You know, conversely, this year they went the exact opposite way. And he proved he had the football IQ to say, all right, you're going to play six people in the box. I'm going to run the football. Um, yeah, I mean, they they were not effective running the ball early and, and very limited. Don't get me wrong. It was a very limited sample size. But part of the reason that was is because it was ugly early and they got behind. So there were four runs in the in the first half. And And, and by the way, Washington only ran it seven times in the first half because they were chucking it all over the yard. And that's why I go back to my original point. Games have personalities. This was a shootout. And if you're bringing a, a, a knife to a gunfight, you're going to lose. And if you're bringing a rushing mentality to a team that's going to put up 31 points and if you're going to run the ball, probably more than that, you're going to have some issues. Yeah, again, like you said, this game had a personality. This game had its own complexion. And because they got down so early, it definitely lended to them having to pass the ball a lot more. And, you know, you brought up that Minnesota Vikings game, you know, Jalen Hurts' performance in that matchup. You know, you know, I'm willing to argue that this game had little to no room for error in that second half. I mean, they were down double digits. Um, at, well, not double digits. They were down 17-10 coming out of the half. And then I believe there was a point where they went down 24-17, if I'm not mistaken. So there was little to no there was little to no room for error in this game. And it seemed to me Jalen Hurts, like, like we always talk about, he tends to put the team on his back in these kind of situations. It seemed like Jalen Hurts was just playing on another level right now, despite that injury. Yeah, I, 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 well, he's been playing at a high level for a while. I mean, the one thing you're concerned about is coming in, he had 10 turnovers, um, which was second in the NFL to Desmond Ritter. Um, he gets credit for the tush-push fumble. Maybe people can stop talking about that because it was unsuccessful for once. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that was his fault. It's difficult to see here at FedEx Field, so I have to watch the – um, the game on replay, a, a couple of people said um, the snap didn't get up to Jalen Hurts, but either way, as the quarterback, you get responsibility for that. Um, so now he's got 11 turnovers. He didn't throw a pick, so that was positive. Um, he's got eight interceptions. Um, his career high for interceptions is nine in 2021. And last season, you know, he, he didn't, 
basically turn it over at all. So um, they they've been turning over the football too much, um, and and that's probably the biggest issue they have uh, because I just you know said when you talk about that twenty twenty four out of twenty six run, the two losses are directly attributed to turnover. So that would be my biggest concern. And if they if they cash in, because Kenny Gainwell fumbled at the three-yard line, Jalen fumbled at the one-yard line, if they cash in there, they're probably not even fighting to get back and, and win this game with the Reed Blankenship interception. Yeah, you know, I want to talk about A.J. Brown a little bit more, John. I mean, six games back-to-back, back-to-back-to-back with over 125 receiving yards, uh, had two touchdowns today. I don't know, John. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe it's premature. I'm ready to call this guy one of the greatest Philadelphia Eagles receivers in history, man. You tell me, though. Maybe Am oh, I a little too excited? Before – no. Before they even played a game together, and this got Eagles fans very upset, <clears throat> I said the A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith are the most talented tandem of receivers the Eagles have ever had. I didn't say they were the best because that involves production and longevity and doing it over a long period of time. Right. But by far the most talented uh, duo. And you've seen it now, year plus. Yeah, AJ's a different level. The only other receiver you compare him to is Terrell Owens, who was here for a very short period of time. Um, to put it mildly, AJ's a better citizen, a better teammate. Uh, he's a team captain. Um, Nick Sirianni called him the best person on the team. Um, he's a good guy. He does everything the right way. Um, and he's a, a tremendous football player. Um, no, it's not, uh, you're not jumping the gun. He's, he's one of the best receivers the Eagles have ever had. He's on a very short list. Eagles fans, y'all heard her here first, man. <laughs> One of the best to ever do it. Probably, probably is the best to ever do it for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, John, would you say he's a would you say right now top three receiver in the league? Boy, you know, that's tough. He's in the conversation. I mean, you know, if you I I would put my top three would be in no particular order, uh Tyreek Hill. Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams. Mm. Um, Jefferson's hurts right now. Um, he's on IR with a hamstring. Um, Devontae Adams is in a bad situation. I will say he's playing better than anybody. I mean, nobody's ever done this before. Um, you know, is he better than Tyreek Hill? Pick your flavor, right? Do you like vanilla? You like chocolate? You like strawberry? Pick your flavor, right? Is he better than Justin Jefferson when Justin's healthy? I don't know. That's tough. But Devontae Adams um, is the best route runner maybe I've ever seen. Um, I don't know. But to be in the conversation with those guys, it's pretty good. Absolutely. Um, I want to definitely shift gears to the defense side of the ball. You know, we've you know, we've uh, lauded this Eagles offense uh, enough, man. Obviously, Hurts and A.J. Brown deserve it. But this defense, man, um, they were pretty abysmal on third down. It seemed like they had a hard time getting uh, Sam Howe in that offense 
off the field. I mean, um, again, Sam Howell plays um, uh, one of the best games of his young career. He actually, uh, yeah, yeah, he actually won up to his previous performance versus the Eagles. So, I mean, um, four touchdowns, one interception, 397 uh, passing yards. You almost let this young man throw for 400 yards on you. That, that's it kind of speaks to what we talked about earlier this week, right? The fact that this team is really led by their pass rush and if the pass rush isn't getting home, which they really didn't. Um, any quarterback can pretty much have their way with this, uh, you know, with this uh, passing defense. Yeah. I, it, you know, and I've been saying that for a while and, and you kind of saw, saw it in short doses with the Rams game, the first half of the Rams game, um, even the first couple drives in Tampa Bay before things, went off the rails for the Buccaneers. You saw it in short doses that if teams could hold up in pass protection, the back end was going to have some difficulty. Um, and you saw it again today. It'll be interesting. You know, this is why this league is so crazy. They play Miami. Everybody, Nobody can shut up about Miami. Greatest offense since the Rams. Greatest show on turf. 37 points a game, 500 yards a game. They give up 244 yards to that team and 10 points. Um, it was 17 in the game, but remember, one was a pick six. And they give up 244. And then Washington, which can't do a damn thing against the New York Giants, who've been an abject disaster this year, 472 yards. And, and, and 31 points and probably could have had more if Terry McLaurin didn't drop a couple passes, like I said. Um, yeah, it was not a good day for the defense. And we'll see. I, I really do think Eric Bieniemy had a great game plan. Um, and people are going to harp on one sack and say, oh, the Eagles pass rush didn't get home. How are you getting home? So, you know, Quick bubble screams. How, how are you getting home? Right. That that means the back end. You can you can let the reception up, but you got to be uh, a little bit tighter in coverage. You got to make sure there's no yards after catch down the middle of the field, which has been a problem all year. Uh, was a big problem today. Um, but you know, to give him credit, uh, Sam Howell, who had been you know beasting in the middle of the field. That's what he threw. He's just a little bit off uh, on the interception of Reed Blankenship. And Reed was right there, and it goes the other way. And that's how quick, you know, that's how thin the margin can be between success and failure at times. But if teams look at this and say, all right, this is how we're going to attack the Eagles, they they have to make some adjustments. Yeah, absolutely. Uh Two guys who stood out to me who didn't really have the best of games. You mentioned one already in Reed Blankenship. He made up for it with the interception, but overall, not really a tight game. Um, Nicobe Dean, man, um, he's a guy that the Eagles have been trying to get back on the field. And so far, I haven't really uh, been too impressed with um, his play over the past couple weeks or since he's been back. What, you know, what were your overall thoughts on that linebacker core? Again, uh, you mentioned it. They, they were getting pretty much carved up in the middle of that field. Um, which is, again, the weakness of this Philadelphia Eagles defense, uh, the linebackers and the safeties. I mean, you add in Kevin Byers, so you kind of uh, piecemeal that and you improve that to a, uh, to a degree. Uh, eventually, he has to acclimate himself in this defense much more. But what was your evaluation 
um, of these linebackers today, man. It seems like they had a hard time with the tight ends. They just, you know, they were just pretty much doing a lot of chasing today. Yeah, Nicobe uh, had a lot of tackles today, but he he was he struggled in coverage, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, Nick Morrow as well. I thought Zach Cunningham made some decent plays with his length. Um, he was the only one who kind of held up a little bit. Um, but I thought Cindy Brown made some nice plays in, in um, at times. But as as we expected with a young rookie, maybe the consistency isn't there from play to play. And I, I don't like this piecemeal approach. Um, you know, with Sydney playing early downs and Eli Ricks coming in and playing on obvious passing downs. I don't think that worked out well. And then, you know, you had some growing pains. I mean, Kevin Kevin Byard had been here for a week, less than a week, really. Um, and he's got to play essentially the whole game. And uh, Reed Blankenship was coming off a week where he didn't play. And he had his worst game of the year. Um, until that interception, which kind of, you know, that'll erase some of the some of the bad taste. But he didn't play well overall. It was just a bad performance by the back seven. Um, you know, Jordan Davis, not 100%, but was able to go. Jalen Carter got hurt, lower back injury. We have to keep an eye on that because when he's not out there, they're not the same team. Um you know, Reddick did some nice things. He finally gets home late in the game, uh, strip sack. Um, Josh Sweat played well as usual. But, yeah, when you don't see those sack numbers, people assume that defensive front isn't isn't playing well. But I don't think that was the case. I think they played well. I think the back seven did not play well. Again, what screens off the page to me is lack of continuity on the back end. You know, like you mentioned, Kevin Byer, new guy, comes in. Uh, Reed Blankenship didn't play last week. All of a sudden, you're throwing him back in there now. Um, Sydney, uh, Sydney Brown still getting his legs under him after missing uh, several weeks with the uh, hamstring. Uh, you're going back and forth between him and Eli Ricks in the slot. I mean, that just seems like a recipe for disaster, you know, with your DBs. Yeah, it, and it, it is. And anytime you have, as I said, all those moving parts, it, it it's a little bit different. We've been talking about communication all year. I mean, the Eagles. And that's what his played. defense is based off of communication. If you keep changing the voices, yeah. I mean, who are you listening to at this point? Um, you know, I asked James Bradbury this, this week during the week leading up to the game Have you ever been a part of something like this? They use seven nickel corners coming into this game. Um, and they're back to Sidney Brown and some Eli Ricks. And who knows, they might get back to Bradley Roby. The deadline's coming up on Tuesday. Howie wants to make another move. It might be a linebacker. It might be a slot corner. Um, you know, there might be more change. But one thing I know is when things finally do settle down past Tuesday, the trade deadline's Tuesday, got to settle on somebody. Can't be this piecemeal stuff because it's not working. It's not working. So at this point, right, everything we know, everything we've seen, um, especially in this game, I want to know, John, uh, who, by your estimation, uh, or the players of the game, you know, for the Philadelphia Eagles, right? Um, obviously, we talked about, you know, the, uh, the game breakers on offense. Um, defense didn't really have their best day. But who were, you know, who were your standouts? Who were your players of the game who pretty much shifted the tide? Who, uh, who, who were the, who pretty much shifted the momentum of this game for the Philadelphia Eagles? 
well, yeah, offensively, you can choose a lot of guys, but certainly Jalen Hurts. Um, but I would I would lean towards AJ Brown for for making history. Um, just from that standpoint, I would I would lean towards AJ. But you know, Jalen is the quarterback, and you know he's probably more responsible for the win. But for this week, I'm going to go AJ. Um, defensively, it's tough. Um, you know, you can go read because he made the big play. But again, I think overall he didn't he didn't have a great game. I would say the best eagle on my first sort of eye test watch was probably Hassan Reddick, probably who's been playing very well since he got that cast off his thumb. Um, he's been playing like the Hassan Reddick of, of last season, and um, he was the one guy who you know, was creating some issues, not only uh, in the pass rush, but little they had because they were getting the football out so quickly, but also in the run game, which is, I think people are surprised how good of a run defender Hassan is because he's so small for a, essentially a defensive end, um, even though they call him a linebacker. Um, he does a tremendous job. Uh, in that aspect, and I think he's playing very well. But you know, when you give up 497 yards, nobody's gonna uh, be breaking <laughs> down door to say, "Hey, good job, defense." I mean, yeah, I totally understand it. But you know, you said it yourself, or Hassan Reddick. You know, his ability to just play the edge, and he's such a tremendous uh, run defender at this point in his career, um, despite his size. And then a guy who just has an innate ability to just show up in the biggest of moments. I mean, this guy is just a closer, John. Like, we, you know, at the beginning of the season, you know, things were kind of, you know, looming in terms of his contract and um, was he happy with it, him being underpaid, so on and so forth. Um, this is going to be a very interesting offseason, and obviously I'm jumping very, very far ahead, but I've been thinking about this. Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat, they're both going to be in contract years um, after this season. Um how, how do you expect Harry Roseman to navigate this thing, man? When you have two dynamic pass rushers like those two guys, man, especially again, Reddick, you know, I'm, you know, I'm calling him the Chronicles of Reddick, man, because he just, he just seems, uh, he just seems indefensible at this point. Yeah. I, I, I mean, Hassan is already underpaid and so is Josh and they both signed extensions. That's part of the reason how he's good at his job, but you know, I don't worry about how we fitting things in. Um, Edge rusher is a position that has exploded uh, on the market. So you're going to have to catch up to that if you're the Eagles at some point. And you're going to have to make some difficult decisions. Kind of depends on other guys developing, you know. Um, obviously, you know, we're getting near the end of, of Fletcher Cox. We're getting near the end of, of, of Brandon Grant. Um, so, you know. Most of the younger talent is inside with Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter. Um, so I think they'll be able to keep both Hassan ready. Hassan loves it here. Obviously, he's from South Jersey, uh, went, went to school at Temple. Um, loves the area, loves the team, loves the organization. As long as you pay him a fair market rate, I don't think you're going to have issues. And same thing with Josh. I mean, Josh loves that. You know, the Eagles gave him an opportunity, and that's why he gave him sort of a bit of a discount uh, when he signed his extension. So 
and they don't really have air parents ready to go. Um, they have good depth, but Brandon's 35, Derek Barnett, we all know he might not even be here Tuesday. Who knows? Right. Nolan um, Smith is pretty, you know, pretty wet behind the ears, young guy, not yeah, really ready Nolan, to go. Nolan's very young, and obviously he has a big upside, uh, but he's got a long way to go. So, um, yeah, they get, they got to make those guys happy. All right. A couple more, John, before I let you go, man. I know you got a long ride back from uh, from Maryland all the way back to uh, Philadelphia. So I want to get a couple more in, you know, so I can let you break down and do your thing. Um, let's, you know, we talked about that. We briefly touched on some injuries that happened throughout this game. Can you give us a, a final update from today's injury report post game wise? Well, the Eagles aren't giving any updates, uh, um, but uh, Jalen Carter is the one I'm most concerned about because he didn't return to the game with some back problems. Uh, Suo Peta got banged up, but he returned. You got to see Tyler Steen uh, take his first snaps as a rookie at right guard, but Suo was able to return. As I mentioned, Jordan Davis was banged up with a hamstring coming in, but he seemed to persevere and get through it. Um, uh, and we'll see how that moves uh, moving forward. Grant Calcaterra left with a concussion, so he's going to have to go into protocol. We'll see how serious it is. But uh, um, Jalen Carter will be the most um, – you got to keep an eye on that one. All right. Final question for you, John. Dallas Cowboys won today. Now they're 5-2. and two. Eagles obviously won today. Now they're 7-1. and one. The Washington Commanders lost. The New York Giants lost a nail-biter against the New York Jets. This is clearly, at this point in the season, a two-team race. Eagles got the Dallas Cowboys next Sunday. You know, so far, what are your early thoughts on that matchup based on everything we've seen today from the Philadelphia Eagles? The Cowboys pretty much took it to the Los Angeles Rams. They had a very, very good game. Let's call it what it is. All three phases of the ball worked in their favor, offense, defense, and special teams. Eagles got them at home right now. Um, what's your early um, evaluation of that matchup and your evaluation of the NFC East right now? Um, yeah, well, you're, you're right. It's a two-horse race, obviously, and you know, I said that before the season, it's it's borne out that way. Um, I know Eagles fans don't like it, but Dallas is a very talented team. And these two games that they play against each other will sort of tell the tale of this division. And obviously the Eagles want to win, get the number one seed. San Francisco's losing again. We'll see if they Cincinnati can hold on. So it's all about getting that number one seed. And if San Francisco, as they're going through this stretch, keeps falling back, um, it becomes the Dallas Cowboys as the lead threat for that potential number one seed. You also have to throw Detroit in there, but, you know, they had such a poor performance uh, in Baltimore last week. I'm not sure they're ready. Um, the Cowboys, though, are talented. But I will say they're not as consistent as the Eagles. Uh, but when they when they bring their A game, they can beat anybody. They can beat anybody. There you have it, Eagles fans. Your Philadelphia Eagles took you to the uh, the Washington Commanders, beating them in the shootout, 38-31. Again, Jalen Hurts had a tremendous game, completing 76% of his passes, going 29 for 38, 319 passing yards, uh, four passing TDs, one fumble loss, no interceptions, though, so he managed to uh, recoup that. Uh, A.J. Brown, eight catches on eight targets, 130 receiving yards, two touchdowns. Devontae Smith, seven catches on seven targets, uh, a touchdown with 99 yards. And then Julio Jones gave us uh, an appearance with a very crucial uh, touchdown as well. So, listen, your Philadelphia Eagles offense, at least from a passing perspective, 
passing perspective, right? They are doing a tremendous job. Jalen Hurts took it to the commanders from the pocket. Despite the fumble loss, he buckered down and he couldn't really get things going on the ground, obviously because of that, you know, that little hitch in the knee. But to be able to dominate from the pocket the way he did, pretty much playing from behind most of this game, that goes to that's something to add on to the resume. That's a guy that is, that's a guy that deserves a lot much more respect than he gets already in this NFL. Um, John, um, any uh, any final words? Anything you're working on right now for SI.com, JacobSports.com? Just uh, tell the people where they can find your work, man. Um, Eagles win, obviously, 38-31. So they take this in. You can read me at SI.com, as you mentioned, backslash NFL, backslash Eagles, um, JacobSports.com. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm going to write about the dichotomy sort of one week to the next about shutting down the best offensive football and not being able to – to handle the Washington Commanders until late in the game uh, tells you about the NFL, man. It's week to week. It's a week to week league, man. Week to week. It doesn't matter who beat who. Don't get caught up in, in one week at a time. But what you can get caught up in, and I'm surprised more people in Philadelphia aren't getting caught up in, this team finds ways to win. You need that in the playoffs. Might be different ways. Might be different ways each week. But when you can find different ways to win and you can persevere each and every week, that that puts you on top of the, the heap. There you have it, Eagles fans. He's John McMullen, our Eagles insider on Jacob Sports. I'm your guy, Tony DeShields II. You guys were locked in on a special edition of the Pond Lee Hockey Post Game Show. Again, this is John McMullen. I'm Tony DeShields II. You fill it up. Eagles are 7-1, and one, and they got the Dallas Cowboys next week. It's going to be a fun one, you guys. Take care, and we'll see you next time. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia.